The call on the ice stands. We got to go. Up the colors. We are set to go. Let's roll, boys. Come on, let's get going. We are kicking. Here we go. Oh, guys, five minutes each for fighting. Watch the blue. Play the puck. Run to it. After further review, it's the Scouting the Refs podcast. Yeah, baby. Here's your hosts, Todd Lewis and Josh Smith. Okay, gentlemen, play ball. Let's go. All right, guys, let's drop the puck. We celebrated the Thanksgiving holiday in the United States last week, and we were rewarded with a bounty of game situations for the Scouting the Refs podcast this week, Josh. It's wonderful to enjoy and lots of leftovers to chew on. Lots of leftovers. I would say a cornucopia of controversial rulings and crazy rules, much like Thanksgiving dinner. You never know what you're going to get, but you are going to get a little crazy. And sometimes you get a little indigestion afterwards, too. So this is the Scouting the Rest podcast. Please make sure you are following us on our social channels. You get Josh on X and Instagram at Scouting the Refs. You get me on X and Instagram at Todd Lewis Sports. Coming up on this week's episode, Everybody gets a 10. Bennett gets handsy. Is that a slew foot? Quit hitting yourself. And here we go again. Is the puck in or not? Oh, you know what? Before we go too far in this, Josh, congratulations to Katie Gay. You forwarded me a little profile on her that includes a mention of her as an officiating manager for the National Hockey League. That's great. I personally would like to see her on the ice working games. I also want to say that you had a nice piece on the scoutingtherefs.com website about the PWHL, that they're going to kind of use the NHL rule book with AHL refs, obviously some fighting and body contact adjustments, but how many female referees are we going to see? Everybody's on the clock here for the NHL, PWHL, AHL, everybody. Let's see more of them. Absolutely. And the, the PWHL has already said that you know, they're leveraging heavily the AHL officiating crew. They'll also be tapping USA Hockey, Hockey Canada. So hopefully we see some of the women. There are plenty of women working in the AHL right now. Obviously, we like to see that number go up. And hopefully Katie in her new role, which kind of snuck under the radar there. I didn't uh, realize that she was officiating manager for development and scouting for the NHL. So hopefully uh, her role, her experience, her background will help both pull in more women officials and, and help develop them because I think it, it really is just a matter of time, Todd. And, you know, we've seen success in the AHL level. We see women working in the WHL, the QMJHL. So like, Hey, NHL, it's, it is really just a matter of time. It is absolutely. Okay. Let's get into some of the games and the Ottawa senators, Florida Panthers had one of the more memorable games of the season. So far, there was a whole bunch of different situations and let's kind of go through a few of them. First off, an easy one, I think. Sam Bennett got whistled for closing his hand on the puck. We see players do this when a puck is in the air. Sometimes they'll grab it and drop it in front of themselves. That's okay. However, when you grab the puck, tend to move it, maybe try to fake out a defender as Bennett did, that's when sometimes the whistle blows. That's exactly right. It's it's the difference between batting it down and carrying it. You, know, you you put your hand on it and you throw it to change direction. Obviously, if you if you just bat it, push it out of the air, it's no problem. But once you grab it, maybe you take a stride. I mean, I, I always think of the traveling rule in basketball, right? <laughs> yeah. You're holding onto the puck. You're going to take a stride. You're getting a whistle for that. Or you throw it in a certain direction. And Ultimately, what it comes down to is, did your team gain an advantage? Did you retain possession? Did you gain possession? Did it give you a scoring opportunity? And that's what we're looking at. And certainly, the, the, the Panthers benefited from him grabbing the puck in that situation. 
Okay, another one in this game that was a little more confusing. The Florida Panthers scored, and the Ottawa Senators challenged the play for a missed offside call. Matthew Kachuk is trying to tag up at the blue line, and the puck goes back into the zone. Sam Bennett collects the puck inside the Senator's zone. There was a very lengthy review for this play, and apparently it was undetermined whether or not Bennett touched the puck before Kachuk left the zone. So the goal was allowed to stand, and not everybody was onside with this call. Oh, you like that? Do you like that? Onside that with was, the call? That was a good one. A lot of yeah. folks thought it was offside, and a lot of fans were frustrated, too, with the rule itself of the puck completely crossing the blue line, saying that it should have been an immediate offside, and that's where the delayed offside comes into play. Folks were getting frustrated that, you know, Sam Bennett has possession. Sam Bennett carries the puck into the zone. These are great concepts, possession and carrying the puck. But the rule is concerned with touching the puck once it completely crosses the blue line. So the spirit of the rule, all those things with offside, it comes down to technicalities because that's what offside is. And once the puck completely crosses the blue line, we have a delayed offside situation, which holds until the attacking player touches the puck. Now, it's important to note that Bennett is keeping himself onside. He's in the neutral zone, so he's not put himself off offside on this play. And he waits, or he appears to wait, until Kachuk tags up before he touches the puck. You've got veteran linesman Dave Breesball right there. He's got the best view of it. His view is so good, he's blocking the camera. So we can't actually see it. And as long as Bennett holds off from touching the puck until Kachuk tags up, it is an onside play because of the delayed offsides rule. And I know people think it's it's insanely complicated, or this is frustrating, or it, it doesn't make any sense. This is the way the league has handled delayed offside. We've seen similar plays in the past. Everybody remembers the Kale McCarr goal from last year's playoffs. We had uh, Charlie McAvoy from the Bruins last season had a goal scored the same way. And even back in 2021, when Michael Bunting played for the Coyotes, we had a goal on a similar situation where it was a delayed offside. The player delayed touching the puck until the zone was clear. He touches the puck. He moves on. Simple. Right. It, it seems that way. <laughs> it would have been. Look, it would have been a lot better if we had a camera angle that showed exactly when he touched the puck. But it's that part of it. The fact that touching the puck is important on this delayed offside rule means that if we can't see when he touched the puck, we have to go with the call on the ice. Okay. Uh, another touchy one was Zach McEwen, who got rather aggressive and delivered a very high hit on Matthew Kachuk. McEwen got himself a match penalty, got himself tossed out of the game, and also got fined $2,018.23 because that is the maximum allowable under the CBA for unsportsmanlike conduct. I could have seen him sitting for a game after this hit too. I was a little surprised that he didn't. I think it's one of those plays where you're looking at a dangerous situation. You have a guy taking a run at another player, a star player for the other team. Not that we want to put more weight on star players, but obviously they, they draw attention and they, they draw attention of a guy like Zach McEwen, who's trying to make a statement here, deliver a message. And I would have been okay with one game. I don't think that $2,000 is really going to deter McEwen or, or change the way he plays the game in the future. That was not the only call that got a lot of attention in this game. The, the game got rather nasty between the Sens and the Panthers, turns into a bit of a gong show with lots of scrums. And finally, with about seven and a half minutes left in the third period and another scrum, referee Garrett Rank makes the announcement of the century. Let's get a save. Bumps 
Florida at number 12 has two minutes for roughing, and then every player on the ice has a 10-minute misconduct. Florida will have a two-minute power play. That is the absolute best. <laughs> I love it. I love the hand the hand signal too. You know, every player on the ice. We got to have the new one in the rule book now. We we know the misconduct, but I, I didn't realize we have a call for every player on the ice. That was awesome. I immediately sent you a text and said, is this a first? Has this ever happened before? And you said it actually has, but it's very rare. Yeah, it's, you know, look, you want to clear things up. Things are getting out of hand. They're getting out of control. You absolutely have had times when officials try to rein everything in and issue those 10 minute misconducts, especially when you've got less than 10 minutes left. It's ending the game for these guys. You're not going to have things get wild, get out of control. You're going to defuse the situation but I don't remember anyone ever assessing the penalty to everybody on the ice. So uh, Garrett rank a model of efficiency in making that call. That's just clearing it up. So there was, there was another game this week as well with the uh, Pittsburgh Penguins involved and referee Kyle Raymond had a few words for Chris Letang. Pittsburgh penalty number 28 has a two minute minor for holding. You want to join him? <laughs> Mike, oh, right. Chris Letang had something to say, and uh, Kyle Raymond let him know. Tanger, you wanted to join him there, but he was just making sure when he asked him the second time, right? Well, it's an invitation, <laughs> you know. Like, we've got an extra seat here. You can certainly have that seat, sir. Just, just keep chirping, keep complaining about the call, and I'm happy to show you to your short little bench with the door. The the Pens and the Preds game actually ended under a bit of controversy, if you will, as well. It, it didn't to me because the Pens thought that there should have been a penalty on the goal that was scored in overtime by the Predators to decide this one. But I I don't well if you're going to call one penalty, I think you got to call both because I think there would have been should have been a holding call on the Penguins if you're going to call interference on the Predators. Yeah, you have uh, some interesting situations when you're letting things go on one side or for both sides and. You know, when you when you see it live and you're looking at the contact and you've got a guy holding on to another player's stick who's trying to exit the zone and you're trying to keep him in. And then the fact that he's there results in what is unintentional contact, but clearly interference. I think this is one of those situations where you're either calling both or you're letting them both go because they're they're both basically canceling each other out. So frustrating, especially when it comes down to the play where the game winning goal is being scored. But I, I I'm not going to defend the non-call because I don't know if this was intentional of like, look, the interference happened because you wouldn't let go of his stick and, and that was an intentional decision or if they just thought it was incidental contact and let it go. But uh, it, it, it is, I can see from the losing team standpoint, yeah, you're, you're going to complain about that one. Well, if you lose, you always complain. Okay, let's go. Let's talk more about the Florida Panthers because we haven't talked about them enough. They got involved in another game situation with the Toronto Maple Leafs. Florida's Evan Rodriguez scores on goaltender Joseph Wall and what is thought to be the game winner in the shootout. The celebrations begin after the puck goes in the net. Players left the ice. They're in the dressing room. Fans are exiting the building. Valets are pulling cars up to the front of the building. However, hold on a second. It was determined that Rodriguez touched the puck a second time. Now, you only get one shot at it, so that meant the goal was scored, but it wasn't a good goal that I say in honor to Jeff Merrick of the 32 <laughs> Thoughts podcast who doesn't like the phrase good goal. So it was a bad goal. I don't know. I don't know. But this is rare, but there has been the so-called double tap occur once or twice in penalty shot and shootouts before. There absolutely have. And I, I do want to question Merrick's 
charge there. I think he's right. A, a good goal is, you know, a good play leading to a goal. A bad goal is still a goal. This was no goal because of the rule around penalty shots. It's rule 24 that the NHL rule book covers what happens in a shootout, which says that the puck must be kept in motion. Everybody knows that once it is shot, the play is complete and no goal can be scored on a rebound of any kind, except for the ones that go off the crossbar off the goalie and in those types of situations. So you don't get a second shot at it. You don't get a second swipe. You don't get to take another crack at it. And we have seen them happen before, Todd. I know this one, obviously memorable. This, this one uh, is, is fresh in our minds, but I do recall, I think it was the Pittsburgh Penguins, New York Rangers, same kind of situation. We had a shootout goal. The one team celebrates, the other team goes to the locker room and uh, the officials are taking a look at it. They had to call everybody back out onto the ice. So it's uh, it makes for some high drama. It makes for a fun moment. But uh, you've, you've got to follow the rules, even in overtime, even on the shootout. And it turns out the shootout continues and the Toronto Maple Leafs got the extra point in the shootout. Okay, a couple of others that occurred where penalties were called, but then rescinded. Let's go to the Pittsburgh Penguins-Buffalo Sabres game. J.J. Paterka gets whistled for a double minor for high sticking. Four minutes means you can review it. And after a second look, uh, it appears that Penguins defenseman Chris Letang initiated the contact and his actions caused the stick of another Penguins player to come up. And that's what caused the four-minute penalty. So it was rescinded. Right call. It, it is the right call. It's one of those weird plays that we always say that you're responsible for your stick at all times. But you can only be so responsible when someone else is exerting some sort of influence on that stick, whether it's a hit, whether it's a trip, a body check. There are moments like this one where Latang's contact is what caused the Buffalo player's stick to go up. And He's responsible for it. You are responsible for your stick, but when the opponent is doing things or whether it's any of those types of situations or body contact or something like that, you can only be so responsible. So it was the right call. But one of the weird things, Todd, is that if there's no injury, if there's no blood, this this doesn't get reviewed at all. So if if it's going to happen, uh, you know, you have to make sure there's an injury on the play so we can get it right. Good fortune as well, again, for the Red Wings and the Rangers as Will Cooley gets whistled for a high stick, double minor on Luke Raymond. TJ Luxmore has a look at the video and says, you know what? Raymond is moving the stick out of the way and actually clunks himself in the noggin. So this reversed as well. Hey, the other one was uh, unintentional. I know this one was unintentional also, but it's, it's kind of funny to look at it when you see a guy moving the stick out of the way. And it's clear he's trying to throw the stick away, trying to avoid a stick check, what's happening on the play. But man, when when you grab the stick and you're responsible for tucking it into your own face, uh, <laughs> I, you, you can't help but, uh, but laugh at how unfortunate of a move that was. He tries to throw it away. The stick comes up, catches him right in the chops. And yes, once again, we've got an injury on the play. There was blood, so it goes to the review. Son of a gun. Okay, we also have a bit of a repeat offense this week again involving the Edmonton Oilers and Anaheim Ducks this game. This time, the Oilers are banging away trying to score a goal on the Anaheim Ducks, and Matthias Ekholm looks like he has scored. However, tell me if you've heard this before there is no conclusive video evidence to show the puck over the line. No goal. We play on. Can we fix this, please? We can. I, I you know, I, everybody, and I'm, I'm guilty of this too. We all talk about puck tracking, and the NHL had the chips and pucks, and the pucks were found to not be as responsive. They, they felt a little funny on the ice, and I remember some of the star players saying, like, I can feel the difference in this puck. So it was back to the drawing board, and apparently that's, that's where we still are. 
the sensors that are in the puck now are, are LED light display sensors. They're good for the player and puck tracking, but they, they don't have the granularity, that positional accuracy that they need both in position of the puck on the ice and in the angle of the puck, because unlike tennis, unlike soccer, the puck is not spherical. You don't know whether the puck's completely over the line unless you know the orientation of the puck. You know, is it on edge? Is it to the angle? Is it to the side? Is it flat? So without having that type of data, and they currently don't, there's no way for us to have puck tracking that's going to tell us whether or not the puck was in. But Todd, that is the solution because obviously the cameras aren't cutting it. We had crossbar cameras, they're gone. We had goalpost cameras, those are also gone. We've we've gone backwards here. And I, I think I would love to see the NHL invest some of that technology and I, I know it's costly but let's let's use reviews let's do things to improve the game on the ice and number one is knowing whether or not the puck crossed the line the cameras aren't getting the job done we're going to need a puck that can absolutely tell us when it's in here here let's find a solution okay a uh, couple of others to get to on this edition of the scouting the rest podcast ryan hartman of the minnesota wild to me, this was a demonstration of the proper technique to deliver a slew foot to an opponent. He slid his skate through the feet of Detroit's Alex Debrinkit. He also had his arm in front of Debrinkit. That, to me, is a slew foot. However, the Department of Player Safety jumped in with a hearing and determined this was a trip. It went unpenalized uh, in the game, so they suspended Hartman two games, who was a repeat offender in this case as well. It looks like a slew foot to me, but I guess the good news is he got suspended for two games. Hey, I'll I'll look at this and say two games is two games, so I'm not going to complain too much, but you're you're absolutely right there, Todd. When we look at slew footing, it's using your leg or foot to knock an opponent's feet out from under him or pushing the upper body backward with an arm or elbow with a forward motion of the leg to knock him to the ice, which is exactly what happens on this play. I mean, if we pull up the NHL's video rulebook, which is always a fun resource, this is the textbook definition of a slew foot. So I, I won't complain too much. I, I, I'm glad that there was a two-game suspension. It was a dangerous play, one that was suspension-worthy, regardless of whether you want to actually call it what it is, a slew foot, or go with the, the more generic, the safer term of calling it a trip. The dangerous trip that we've heard so frequently. There were many that were also calling for a suspension of New York Rangers defenseman Jacob Truba for his stick swing that clunked Bruins forward Trent Frederick in the mouth. The two are battling in front of the net as you have a look, and Truba seems to be falling backwards a little bit. And he wildly swings his stick. Neither broadcast picked up on this right away, but the video doesn't lie. And Department of Player Safety decided Jacob Truba should pay $5,000. I found it curious that this fine was issued the same day the offense took place. That's pretty quick turnaround for player safety. And I would have, been, again, been okay if there was a suspension here. It felt like it was the fastest fine on record. I mean, we usually see it the next morning, but that was the same night. They they were real quick with that fine. And I think it's deserved on this one. I, I saw Truba's comments as well. He was really apologetic for the contact and uh, didn't make excuses for what it was, said he needs to be in control of his stick. It looked like he was trying to whack Frederick in the legs. And we see that all the time. And it often goes unpenalized. But in this situation, whatever it was, whether it was him being off balance, whether it was Frederick moving or, or doing anything else, the stick hits him in the head. And we talked about players being responsible for their stick. I, I too, whether it was intentional, unintentional, I don't 
think I'd have a problem if they sat him for a game because ultimately you hit a guy in the head with your stick. Yes, this was not McSorley Brashear. This wasn't as bad as some of the things we've had no. and folks were making it out to be. And maybe it was accidental, but you know what? If player safety is a concern, then yes, even an accidental stick to the side of the head, maybe that does deserve a one game ban. I, I would agree with you there. The Flyers and Devils played a typical Philadelphia-New Jersey game this <laughs> week in uh, in one instance. Garnet Hathaway absolutely cleans out Luke Hughes as the two were pursuing the puck on an icing play. Now, Hathaway got five and a game misconduct. Uh it it was uh it was definitely a late hit and worthy of significant punishment. Yeah, this was a, a scary one and one that unfortunately wasn't helped by the officials. We had a late whistle there for the icing. Linesman Brandon Grillo, a rookie this season, working his 10th NHL game. A little slow, but it, you're still responsible for what happens on this play. It doesn't mean you can truck a guy just because you, you haven't heard the whistle yet on that icing call. It, it clearly was icing on the play. So you've got a situation where Hathaway is still responsible for the, for the hit he delivers, which is boarding based on the position, the type of hit. And, you know, Hughes is letting up on the play. And, and I think as, as an attacking player, knowing there's an icing coming, you're, you're hustling for the puck, but obviously Hathaway did not give up on the play. He was going full force and uh, you know, the, the coach gets mad. Hathaway's frustrated, but this is a, a very dangerous play. And, and one that, you know, this is the type of hit that results in serious injury, especially when you've got a guy easing up because he knows the icing's coming, but, the whistle's a little bit late and, and maybe that contributed to Hathaway following through and really driving him into the boards. Hughes left the game, but did return later on. We're thankful to say now late in the game during a line change, Travis Konechny gives uh, Brendan Smith a little bit of a shove and Smith didn't particularly care for that because he responded with a rather wicked two hander <laughs> that has earned him a two minute minor and also a conversation with the department of player safety. Yeah, that's nasty, man. That is a baseball swing. So look, we'll go back to the Truba thing. And yes, it was a hit to the head and he's swinging his stick and uh, sure that's, that's not a good look for anybody there but then you look at a play like this one where you've got a guy really coming across with both hands and and doing nothing other than intending to really what are you going to do you're hurting the guy that's what your your goal here is to cause an injury cause some discomfort send a message and i i'm absolutely expecting player safety to come back with something whether it's a fine or whether it's one game uh, i i'm good with a game this is not a hockey play it's away from the puck it's dangerous so i'm, I'm hoping that uh, smith is out of the lineup Another play that got a lot of attention was the uh, hit by Kirill Kaprizov on William Carrier of the Predators. Minnesota player was the predator on this one. He delivers what I believe is a direct hit to the head of Carrier. The puck is long gone. He got a two-minute penalty on the play, but I think he should get a lot more for this. Yeah, this is one of those textbook illegal check to the head things. When you think of the player safety video and how they explain it, Head contact was avoidable on this play. Yes, it was a late hit, and this was just a minor penalty for interference, but he could deliver a clean body check. It would still be late. It would still be interference. But if you hit through the player's core, instead, he chose a path that picked the player's head. The head contact was avoidable. It's unfortunate with the minor penalty called on the ice by the officials. There was nothing to review. There was nothing else that could be done at that point. So uh, to me, this is definitely a player safety follow-up. I, I would be surprised if they don't come down with anything. I'm surprised we haven't heard anything already because it's it's a dangerous headshot. 
yeah, I, it's hard to see this one any other way. So we'll we'll await further word, and I, maybe they're tuning up the wheel again. Maybe it needs another spin. Got a lot of work this week. You know what? It, it has been busy. They've been busy. Look, they've they've got fines all over the place. They've got games all over the place. So maybe they're just they're catching up. There's a bunch in queue, and uh, they're just waiting, like we see on the trade deadline, right? And we hit three o'clock, and there's, there's still <laughs> a few right. trades left to process, guys. <laughs> the refs podcast read more at scoutingtherefs.com follow scouting the refs on twitter instagram and facebook email the show at hey ref at scoutingtherefs.com subscribe share and keep those sticks down That's good play.